This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 1st of February. That's right. And yesterday we were marking the longest stretch nationwide without any local transmission since February last year. It was 14 consecutive days. But we've seen that stretch broken uh, with a case announced in Western Australia yesterday, Norman, a male hotel quarantine security guard in his 20s who was working at the Sheraton Four Points Quarantine Hotel. And... WA has not surprisingly jumped really hard on this. They've announced a really tough five-day lockdown. Basically, no one's going anywhere for five days until they figure out what's going on. So one case and a really tough five-day lockdown, is this an overreaction or is this the right level of reaction? No, I think it's the right level of reaction. Um, And they've gone for mandatory masks as well. And they've just done everything to get this under control. It's one person, but this person's been to a lot of different areas, potentially a lot of contacts. Luckily, so far, his flatmates were are negative and they would be the people most at risk. So there may well be very little, if any, spread here, but you just don't know. And it's possible that he's got the UK variant of the virus since the UK variant was on that was on the floor with the people he was looking after. So one of the things that they're doing is they're cancelling weddings for the next five days. Like you say, there's uh, masks that are expected to be in place and a lot of other measures that have been put into place. And Norman, you've said basically since the very start of this podcast, if people can bear to cast their minds that far back, that the way to get on top of this virus is to go in hard and to go in early. Is there a limit to the hardness and earliness that you are prepared to endorse? Is This is still within your, your realm. If you want to control this virus, there is only one thing that works when you, really, when, you, when you don't know where the virus is, and that is a lockdown, which stops people coming in contact with each other and running the risk of spreading the virus. You've got to keep the virus away from other people. So the lockdown is what works. Now, There's no question, as New South Wales has shown, that really good contact tracing, you know, high testing rates, contact tracing and isolation is required does make a difference and can get it under control. But that's taken weeks in New South Wales when there's been no UK variant. The UK variant, as people listening to Coronacast will know, because we had Eddie Holmes on from the University of Sydney a little while ago, is that the Wuhan virus spreads from one person to about 2.5. The UK variant spreads from one person to about 3.4. That's probably the best way of thinking about it rather than the percentages of 50% or 70% more contagious. So it is a lot more contagious. And remember, this is a virus that spreads in clusters rather than evenly spread through the community. And that's why these venues are so important to come to actually pin down people and get them tested who were at those venues at those times published by the West Australian government. So it could be like uh, South Australia and Queensland where um, it turned out to be a fizzer, a nice fizzer to have, and uh, they're able to lift the lockdown early. And that's great. But, you know, a three, four, five-day lockdown is much better than some stopping and starting and not controlling the, the virus, which is what they've done overseas. And look what happens. And the other problem in WA, unlike New South Wales and unlike Victoria, is they haven't had any community spread for ages now, since early, relatively early last year. And so people had returned to normal. So you can't expect them to kind of do half 
of a social isolation process, you've really got to pull the whole population back and then just you know, seize it up for five days. And the, you know, the good news is likely to be that um, it hasn't spread. But it's possible that it has, in which case, just got to get it under control. So the other big news that's come out in the last few days is more clinical trial results for more coronavirus vaccines. And this time we're hearing from Novavax and Johnson & Johnson, and they're both coming back with pretty good sounding efficacy numbers as uh, the Novavax efficacy rate that they're reporting is 95% against the original SARS-CoV-2 strain of the virus, but it isn't as good against some of the variants that we're seeing, and then slightly lower numbers for Johnson & Johnson. So Norman, with the Novavax and Johnson & Johnson trials, how should we interpret the results that we're seeing? First of of all, the One of the things that was controversial last week was the fact that Astra didn't have many elderly people in their trial. Well, you'll find that uh, the Johnson & Johnson trial, 34% of people in the trial were over 60. And in the Novavax trial, it was 27% over, over 65. So good samples of older people in these trials. So the Novavax, 89% efficacy overall at preventing moderate to severe disease, nearly 100% at preventing severe disease. With the South African variant, so they did a trial in South Africa. What they found was, and this is really interesting and important, was that uh, a third of patients in the trial were already seropositive. So they vaccinated people who'd had uh, coronavirus in the past but it didn't protect them necessarily against the new strain. 90% of the people in the trial who were infected got the new variant of the the South Africa, so-called South African variant of the the virus. A bit like what we were seeing in Brazil when we were talking on Friday. That's right. And the South African trial got 60% efficacy, and that was with the new new variant. When you looked and you split up the, the results by original strain versus the UK variant, um, it dropped from, in fact, with the original strain, the Novavax was 95% effective, 85% effective with the UK variant. So you're starting to see vaccine escape. With the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, less effective. So they had 66% efficacy, moderate to severe disease overall. But in the United States, it was 72%. Latin America, 66%. And in South Africa, 57%. So you're starting to see variation according to where the variants of the virus are. And so it's really important that we understand that the plot is changing with vaccines. What do you mean by the plot is changing? Vaccines are designed against the Wuhan virus, the virus of a year ago. There are now variants emerging, popping up around the world, which are not only highly contagious, witnessed South Africa, 90% of the trial, who people in the trial in South Africa were already infected with the South African variant, or what we're calling the South African variant. So we're seeing spread of variants that are highly contagious, but also seem to escape the vaccine to some extent. And when I say the plot changes, it means that the vaccine manufacturers are probably at some point in the next few months going to have to pivot and redesign their vaccine for the new variants. Is the priority at the moment, though, to make sure that the vaccines that we have are safe and have some level of efficacy and just get them out and then kind of fine-tune them later, though? Because if we keep going back to the drawing board every time the virus mutates a bit, we're never going to get a vaccine on the market. 
100%. So that, that's exactly right. So you just got to get them out there. They're all pretty good at preventing severe disease. They're all moderately good at preventing moderate disease, and some of them are really good at preventing moderate disease. So get them out. It's going to, it's going to turn COVID-19 for the people who get the viral infection into the common cold effectively. Um, that's what the vaccine will do. And that's what we've just got to get done so that we take the heat off our hospital system. And we've got a virus circulating for those who are immunized. They're just going to give them the common cold or nothing at all. The problem will be the people who are unimmunized. So this means that regardless of vaccine, the vast majority of Australians and people in other countries have got to be immunised. Not 70 or 80, but 90, 95% of people to be immunised so that the vast majority of people are protected against disease. That's where we've got to get to, and the existing vaccines will do that. The, the different question is herd immunity, and we can come back to that in another coronacast. So we've got five big coronavirus vaccines who've released these, um, these clinical trial results now. Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Novavax and Moderna. Obviously, there are other vaccines out of China and Russia and elsewhere that don't have the same data sets around them. But of these big five, Norman, how would you rank them? Well, let's start at number five first and move up to number one. Oh, yes. Reverse order. Very exciting. In reverse order. <laughs> Drum roll. Um, Astra would be at number five. Not too far behind J&J at 66%. I'm taking the averages here, not the different performance in uh, different countries. So Astra number five, Johnson & Johnson, which is also a vector vaccine, in other words, uses a virus to take the genetic material into the cell, similar to Astra, 66%, so it's number four. And it only requires one shot, which is a plus, really. Yep, and maybe higher if you went to two shots. They don't know that yet. Uh, number three would be Novavax, at round about 89% on average, um, although, you know, South Africa is a different story. Number two would be Moderna, but just uh, biting at the heels of Pfizer at 95%. And the, uh, so what we're showing here is that Pfizer is the winner at the moment, but the, uh, and so the mRNA vaccines are the ones that are the most potent. Vector vaccines using viruses are the least potent, but still pretty potent. And this Novavax, which is actually directly injecting the spike protein into the body, is pretty good, quite close to the mRNA vaccines. So, Norman, if you had a buffet of these five vaccines in front of you and you could take your pick and no one else was going to be disadvantaged by your choice, which would you choose? Well, everybody would choose the Pfizer one. But let me say that I will choose any of them. So if in Australia, the Astra one is the one that I'm most likely to get and you are too. I'll be very happy to get the Astra one because it's pretty good at preventing severe COVID-19 disease and I do not want to end up in hospital on a ventilator. So I will accept Astra happily. So Norman, on Friday's Coronacast, we mentioned chronic fatigue syndrome in passing and we've had a lot of response from our audience about it. We don't have time to do it justice today, but we'll pick it up tomorrow and give it the attention that it deserves then. We will indeed. And if you've got a, uh, if you've got a question to ask, go to the website abc.net.au slash coronacast and click on ask a question, mention coronacast on the way through. And West Australians who listen to this podcast in large numbers, we are thinking of you. It's not easy to go into lockdown, particularly hard, particularly keeping the kids from school. We're thinking of you. Absolutely. Stay safe. See you next time. <laughs>